As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Is this thing on? One, two, mic check, one, two. Man, this is our city. This is our city, man. We did it, man. It's unbelievable. feel like Black Jesus. We've seen the story before. We've seen the story before. Welcome to The Athletic NBA Show. Monday on The Athletic Podcast Network. Yes, it wasn't in the email. Whose name was not in the email? Zion's. Like, what the heck? It'll take five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes. Just try to be quick. Don't ramble. And don't couch. No couching. I'm sitting on a chair. I think I'm okay. And, uh... Guys ready? Is everyone recording? Not here in New York, not in Los Angeles, in all 30 markets overseas, which is the pool that the actual voters come from. The voters believe, and you can disagree with them, you can present your own case, but as of today... ...from uh, those that are of wealth, you know, that control the media and in our ownership position, you know, they can kind of control the narrative that how it goes out there, so I'm understanding that, you know... Do you believe? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Do you believe? I don't know if I do. Do you believe? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Do you believe? I don't know if I do anymore. Do you believe? Let me know when you have time. with a joke would you call a cow on the floor anybody know ground beef (laughs) (laughs) that's it welcome to point of contention five subjects five minutes five points of contention coming up on the show mvp straw poll the case for cade rehab time lord paul george back and the Bucks got you sleeping. Happy National Crayon Day and Tater Tot Day. I don't know if those are combined, Jade, but let's just go with them. I'm Zach Harper. That's Jade Hoy producing in this corner. 
Born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, Celtics beat writer and future author of the book, I Parked My Car in Harvard Yard. How to lose your Boston accent in 10 days. It's Jared. I might not be from Boston Vice. Jared, will the Lakers make the play-in tournament? No. Why would the worst team in the NBA make the play-in? <laughs> wow. Wow. I, w- I would and I it, would give that take if I was from like the middle of Wisconsin. I mean, the Lakers are a hot <laughs> pile of garbage, and there's no shouting for it watching them. It's honestly just sad. Uh, no, it's great. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and in this corner, Bay Area legend, author of two books about the Warriors and a brand new book on sale now wherever you get books. Dynasties, the ten. G-O-A-T, GOAT teams that changed NBA forever. The one and only Marcus Thompson. Marcus, who will win the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship? I don't care. How about that? That's the correct uh, answer. Yeah. That is the correct All Look, I've never been anti-Duke. I've never oh, participated been, in that kind I of... I have been, buddy. I, but, well, hold on. Let me just get there, all right? I've never been anti-Duke. I've I've celebrated Grant Hill. I've celebrated Corey McGetty slapping the glass. Like, I I'm, 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 haven't been anti-Duke. And yet, I am so sick of this Coach K nonsense, this goodbye farewell tour where he, where he won't say goodbye and he won't bid farewell that I cannot wait for them to lose to North Carolina. I can't wait. Go Hubie Davis. Nah, you know they're gonna win the tournament, right? You, you, you oh know it's my gonna God, happen. The refs right? are, this is where I believe the refs you are gonna fix gonna it. Happen, in. This right? is just. I've oh been through this God. before with UNLV, with Fat Five. Uh, every time mm. a, a team captures the heart of the hood, there's Duke to ruin it. So of course it's gonna happen again because this is what they do. Mm. I think that fulfills the banter portion of the intro. Jade, start the clock. Take one. The defending NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks, in case you forgot. Tuesday night, Giannis and the Bucks sent a message to the rest of the league of just how good they are as they defeated the Sixers 118 116. Giannis scored 40. He dominated the game in critical stretches, including a game saving block of Joel Embiid. Jade, play the tape. Trying to get that screen from Embiid. And Harden steps back. He was going for the lead. Embiid with a putback. The Bucks found their extra gear in the fourth, and Philly could not match it. James Harden, who played well in the first half, was rendered useless. Once the Bucks cranked up the defense, and someone whispered to him, "It's the playoffs." Harden finished with 32 points and nine assists, but just three points on one of four shooting in the fourth. Ah, the James Harden we all know and love. Did you guys hear from me? That's, that's what I'm asking. All right, so um. I don't know about no reports. The Bucks and Sixers entered the evening tied for second in the Eastern Conference standings with an identical 46 and 28 record. Marcus, we'll start with you. Are the Bucks perhaps the biggest sleeper in the league despite being the defending champs? No. This is crazy. This is what? crazy. They're not a sleeper. Nobody the believes champions. in them. Nobody believes no, no. in them. I, I disagree oh, with that. Zach. No one believes in us. I think people do believe in the Bucks. I think people don't want the Bucks to win because they don't like Milwaukee. They don't like the Bucks. They don't like the uniform to divide. I don't know what it is. It's just like San Antonio. They didn't sleep on anybody. Nobody just wanted them to win. So you know what you do? You pay attention to the teams that you really want to win. Zach, you really want Miami to win. That's why you don't care about Milwaukee. You don't care at all about Milwaukee. You're talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> Check the power rankings, buddy. 
Who's the top I East know, team in the I power rankings in last, I don't know, I think three saying. weeks. They're not, they're not a sleeper. I don't have to give them their due. I've been shitting on the Jazz all year. Bleep that, Jade. I don't think there's – nobody's sleep on the Bucks. Everybody knows how good the Bucks are. Oh, nobody's everybody's sleep on the sleeping People on the just Bucks. don't Get want the Bucks here. to win. I don't know what it is. Maybe the Grayson Allen factor uh, uh, torpedo their you know, yeah. favorability Bad rankings. Hurt, yeah. But people just don't want them to – you just don't. We love Boston story now more. That that, that that's a cooler story, right? The the seventy six. No, we no nobody wants James Harden to win either. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I just think that people don't like the Bucks for some reason. If you watch this team, there's no way you can sleep on them. Period. They're top. They're top ten in both offensive and defense. Well, they're probably not top ten defensive records. They got to be up there, though. No, I think they were like 11th or 12th. Uh, but they're, they're about a little bit better than where la- they were last year. They're a really good offensive team. They still have, the, you know, arguably the best player in the game. Uh, yeah, Arguably. Milwaukee would make that case. Oh, KD know, didn't right? hear that. <laughs> uh, well, look, look, the, the guy Jared. who I'm talking about don't believe it. Huh? He believes it's KD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. Jared, I don't like Marcus's answer at all. Are the Bucks the biggest sleeper in the league despite winning the NBA championship this past year? No, what the hell are you Thank talking you, about? Thank you, Jared. Every, every <laughs> oh time that I show God. to an arena, we do the usual like talking to all the NBA people and media people about who are you scared of in the East. It's always Milwaukee, number one. It's, they have been the entire year. The entire year, everyone's been like, it doesn't really matter what the Bucks are doing right now. We're scared of them come playoff time, especially if they get Brook Lopez back and he's looking good. And that's happening. So, you know, their defense isn't where it was before. They were missing one of the best centers in the NBA defensively. So they are, they are clearly going to be scary. As we saw the way that they closed out the fourth quarter against Philly. I mean, they were phenomenal at the end. Um, and also, what kind of perverse real reality are we living in where Mark is saying that the Celtics are the team that everybody is rooting for around the league. That, that is, is definitely not. Hey, that that is definitely not. No we're that just impressed with the way with yeah, this. Are you not. serious? Like, Ime Udoka was about to get fired. I mean, they're really good, but I don't know I don't know that we're rooting for them or, like, we're saying, oh, what a so story. Who, who like, we're, we're, we're waiting for, for this thing, though. If we're not rooting for Milwaukee. The Grizzlies. I thought we were talking about the Grizzlies, right? My bad. I mean, obviously, everybody. I mean, I'm rooting for Miami so that I can then go to Miami for work when the Celtics hopefully face them later. That's a good call. Yeah, I don't want to go to Milwaukee. We definitely want. We definitely want Miami, Phoenix, right? Like that's the best possible. I don't know about that. Phoenix is a nice place to be, but it ain't the Bay. You're right. They have weather that makes sense. I'm going to Phoenix this weekend, so I'll, I'll scout it out. We'll, we'll see how we feel. You're never going to convince me on Bay Area weather, okay? I lived too close to it for too long. It's garbage. It changes it every nine minutes. lived in Minnesota. Wow. That's exactly. A, At least you knew what you were take. getting there. <laughs> it's not a terrible take. That's all I know. It's 60 degrees yeah. out of hey, nowhere. Ga- It'll be gangs- sunny gangs- and 85, are, and all of a sudden it's 60. We're not we're not pulling out a violin. Listen, I'll just say I, it was my first time in San Francisco like a week and a half ago. I really wanted to go see the Golden Gate Bridge. Went to Baker mm-hmm. Beach, right? It was beautiful and sunny when I left and got in the Uber. By the time I got there, the fog was so strong I couldn't even see a hundred feet down the beach. Welcome to the Bay Area. Welcome to the Bay Area. Maybe Marcus just loves San Francisco now. He spent so much time there. San Francisco. Wow. Yes. The home of the Warriors. I know that hurts. Home of the <laughs> yeah. Warriors. Yes. <laughs> Home of the only uh, uh, NFL team. Wow. Not really, though. Because <laughs> that's just like an hour and a half south. 
It's not even in San Francisco. All right. Speaking of things that are back, it really makes sense as a transition, but whatever. Take two. Paul George is back. The long-awaited return of Paul George is now in the books as the much maligned on social media superstar helped the Clippers defeat the Jazz 121 to 115. Let me tell you a little story that's off script here. Last night, Jazz are up 80 to 56 in the third quarter. I stopped paying attention to the game. Went and hung out. Watched a movie. Just chilled, you know, had a little sushi. Then I like, oh, open up the old Twitter machine. Open it up. I see all this praise for Paul George and the Clippers. I thought, well, what the hell happened? I go look at the score. Clippers win 121-115 out of nowhere because the Jazz are still the Jazz. PG finished with 34 points, 6 assists, 5 steals on 10 of 20 shooting, including 6 of 9 from 3 as the Clippers rallied from a 25-point deficit to win uh, a, a or to snap a five game losing streak. This is the 12th time the Clippers have come back from at least 13 down to win this season. The fourth time they've rallied by at least 24 down to win. Clippers were down 76 51 with under eight minutes to play in the third quarter when Paul George took over. PG with 20 points in the third that sparked a 32 12 run. It was a George drive and kick assist for a Luke Kennard three that helped seal the deal. Jade, play the tape. George to Kennard, three-pointer, is good, Luke Kennard! Well, George's Clippers are currently eighth in the West at 37-39 and 39 and would face the Timberwolves in the play-in tournament if things stay put the way they are. So, Jared, does the return of Paul George change anything in your mind with regards to the Clippers' playoff outlook? It does, because, I mean, I was there for their run last year. This is such a well-coached team. They were, I think they were really good over a series in game plan execution, staying ahead of the opponent with their adjustments, things like that. We've seen how they've stayed afloat this year without their two stars and how they keep making these comebacks. You get Paul George out there. I, I, I'm going to make the point that I think having your star helps you just not get into those holes. But last night is ex- yeah. last game is exactly Debatable. what happened. And he also was <laughs> he was terrible until the fourth, or I guess the second half when he started that comeback. But It'll even out eventually. I, I really like the way this Clippers team plays. They are built for the postseason. They have good center depth now with Hartenstein doing a good job as the backup five behind Zubots. They're a well-rounded team. And the one thing they were just missing is that high potency guy that can get through the teeth of the defense in the playoffs. And PG's already showing you can do it. On the other side of that, Marcus, what is wrong with your Utah Jazz? Uh, the same thing that's been wrong with them. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's Donovan not Mitchell said right? it's the same shit. It's the same thing as <laughs> yeah, last year. Literally, yeah. it's the same. <laughs> it's you know what? That might have been the end of the Jazz right there. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like. Didn't feel like they realized it. Like that was like the most. Uh, uh, like they saw themselves in a mirror. Like. Maybe it's us, right? When when the whole thing has been about, oh, it's this, it's that, it's, you know, people aren't, things aren't working out right, it's injuries. I felt like Paul George came back and put a mirror up and mm-hmm. showed them, like, yo, this this is who you are. And they owned it. Like, Donovan Mitchell was done with the Jazz last night. That's what it sounded like. He's like, you know what? Yeah, we're really not that good. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of like, yo, you finally see it uh, as someone who works, Jared, as someone who works with like young adults and teenagers, there's something great about when a young person has this experience where they realize who they are, what they want to be and how they're going to get there. The, the revelation of, 
this is I want to be the I next am, Zach right? Harper. Right. It's yeah, amazing. That, that kind of thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I'm not the next Zach Harper and I need to do right, something exactly, about that. Right. Like one of those, like I felt like the jazz had that moment and I wonder if that means they're done because <laughs> if it's in their head, you you know they came yeah. back and like this this is the same team that beat them in the playoffs, right? With yeah, this is like they're they can't get right, they just can't get right. That that I think teams are lining up to play the Jazz in the playoffs. I think, I think Donovan Mitchell discovered his identity is not a Utah Jazz player in the future. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's a jazz man. Sure I, like I think, it. yeah, sure. I think that. Uh, well, by the way, guys, he's like, I like. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Julius Randle recently said he, you know, he he wants to trade apparently, and so I don't know, maybe you can do a Donovan Mitchell for a Julius Randle swap and just really uh, affect every everybody yeah, involved here. So they're tanking, is what you're saying? That's I got you. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they're yeah. exactly what they're, they're tanking right now. Um, are are we worried, Jared, about like not just maybe Mitchell or Gobert want to leave, but like there have been some some pretty heavy you know, talks about Quinn Snyder not being there after this year, not by necessarily the jazz choice, but maybe he wants to move on to a different spot. Yeah, there's been, I, I think what was so interesting is that there was that whole tug of war with him and Dennis Lindsay. He won the tug of war. And then there was still concern that he was going to leave anyway. I guess he wasn't handpicked by ownership. He wasn't picked by Danny Ainge, a new CEO, but he's really good. Like, obviously he's a very good coach. So the fact that these, that this fire is still kind of rumbling tells me that I wouldn't be surprised if he bails and I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Ainge just decides to blow this thing up, rebuild around Mitchell. Cause I mean, the one thing I've noticed from the games I'm watching with Utah is Donovan Mitchell is still attacking when the rest of the team is playing like crap. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain they could build around him and they probably just want to retool around him, get some younger guys that are on his timeline and, you know, maybe move on for Rudy Gobert and find a new way to run your offense with a you know, shooting center or a bunch of athletic wings or something like that. But I mean, hey, maybe this turns around. But the fact that this team is playing so disconnected and so listless heading into the playoffs, that's that's like a huge red flag. Marcus, real quick about Paul George and the Clippers. Let's say they beat the Timberwolves. They get the seven seed in the in the Western Conference. Should the Grizzlies be worried? Uh, absolutely. Uh, but I, I do think it's good for the Grizzlies to get a team like that uh, because, it, you know, th- that's a team that could win a championship. If if things go right for them, they could win a championship. And you're going to need that good wake-you-up team, right? <laughs> the team will let you know you're in the playoffs now. And the Clippers with absolutely nothing to lose is hella dangerous, right? They're going to go in there. They're just going to chuck a bunch of threes. They're going to go ISO. They're going to spread you out. And they're going to live with the results because they don't even have Kawhi. And they know whatever, right? We saw it We saw it last year. That That's a team you really don't want to fight. What Terrence Mann feels like, there's no way I'm coming out of the game. Like, I can't do, <laughs> I can't do any yeah. wrong. So let's just chuck these things yeah. there. That's a free team is, is a bit scary. So, But I think that'll be good for Memphis. Like, it'll really try them in a the way they need to yeah. be tried. I don't think yeah. they need another like young team. Like if they face, if they end up facing the Timberwolves, yeah, they, Timberwolves even if they beat, yeah, like assuming they easy. beat them, I, I don't know how much of a test that truly is because the Wolves are still the Wolves. Let's go to more young player what talk. What they really need is the Kings. Oh, oh, no. the Kings ain't yeah. Dang it. Maybe they can battle them in the lottery 20 years from now when the Kings are still there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Take three, the case for Cade. Cavaliers' Evan Mobley has been this year's frontrunner for Rookie of the Year, but Detroit's Cade Cunningham making a final push that could derail the vote. On Tuesday night, Cunningham matches career high with 34 points, scoring 29 of them in the second half, 17 in the fourth quarter, as the Nets needed 80 combined minutes from KD and Kyrie to hold off the Pistons 130 to 123. That's all without Jeremy Grant, who's done for the season. Cade was efficient, knocking down 13 of 24 shots, giving six assists as well. So far this season, Cunningham has scored 1,012 points, pulled down 338 rebounds, and doled out 328 assists. The only other player to record at least 1,000 points, 320 rebounds, 320 assists through 59 career games, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Luka Doncic, Alvin Adams, and Oscar Robertson. What a weird fucking stat that is. One last note, Evan Mobley sprained his left ankle on Monday, although x-rays came back negative. Marcus, has Cade made his case for Rookie of the Year in your estimation? Oh, yeah. I was giving it to him already anyway, but... I I like I put the premium on the fact that the ball is in his hands, and even though he's got a veteran on the team and uh, you know Jeremy, and he's got a couple other pieces, like everything centers on him, and I feel like this Brooklyn game was a picture of what has been happening all season, but nobody saw because Detroit's terrible, which is probably why you know Evan Mobley is the favorite, but. Like, that thing was hinging on him. And it was KD. It was Kyrie, right? And it was – and Cade is like, yo, let's go. I got mm-hmm. y'all. I'm, I'm taking these dudes. And they walked away respecting this guy. I think it's his user rating is, like, near 30. Yeah. You know, for a rookie, his usage rate is, like, that. that's really, really high, high for a rookie. For a and rookie, to be that right? good, like, yeah. Yes, to be that good. Like, the ball is in his hands. Uh, obviously, Evan Mobley has been great. Obviously, his team is better. But to me, there's just something about the pressure and the responsibility of saying, I got the ball, I'm dictating the show, I'm the focus of the defense, and really, there's not much else to to, to make the defense say, I'm not going to focus on you. Whereas, you know, with the Cavs, you got to deal with Darius, right? Darius will light you up if you mm-hmm. leave him alone. But you, you oh. do have to deal with Mobley, but he doesn't have to be Sadiq Bay. Right? Sadiq Bay's pretty good. Drop 51 in a game. Bay, yeah, yeah. He is dropping mm-hmm. 50, but he, is he dropping 50 because Cade is drawing all the uh, attention? Uh, uh, gravity, Jared. Gravity. gravity Jared. Jared, what is the ceiling for Cade Cunningham after we've seen him through, I don't know, what, 59 games at this point after that weird stat that Jade made me read? I mean, the ceiling's the roof. I, I think we've been knowing this for a while now because yeah. I've been a huge Cade stand since he was like a junior at Montford. I, I love it, or senior. He, I love his game. He, I think what we're really seeing with his emergence is he just plays at his own pace. He, he's getting so strong and so balanced and confident in his handle and 
understanding where the defense is coming at him from now that he's in the league where the defense is a little bit different or a lot different that he just can kind of like walk through the lane and Mm -hmm. score at will. We saw him at the end of that Brooklyn game drive on Kevin Durant and crunch time a few times and just kind of like casually put up hooks or reverses. Like he had full control yeah. of KD. That reverse Ooh, layup, yeah. That, that little, that little jelly yeah, that was, yeah, man, you got some jelly nice. on that bad boy. That's yeah. like, that's like a seven foot legend guarding you there. I mean, that was incredible stuff. Um, the, you know, the way that he, I think he like picked up Andre Drummond on a switch and just stepped up into a three where he wasn't even squared up and he just had that fire. And, you know, when you're a when you're a ball handler that can get on those kind of streaks, that's like the most dangerous player in the NBA. So I I think he's got MVP potential, even though I know a lot of people in like the scouting world were a little bit down on him hitting quite that ceiling. But I've just I've always seen him that way. And I think we're starting to see that it's it, that is in there long term. But I don't think I would give him rookie of the year yet. Even though mm. he's he's playing as the best rookie out there right now, but the body of work that Bogley and Scotty Barnes have from start to finish, and you know Franz Wagner, but I, I think Orlando they suck too much for him to get in there. But Barnes and Mobley have been vital parts of turning around teams into like winning programs this year. That I, I would rather give it to them because it's it's rare that we have a chance to give Rookie of the Year to someone who's impacting winning and driving a playoff team, and both those guys are doing it. So. I, I'm like neck yeah. and neck, but I think I might actually have Barnes ahead of Mobley at this point. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that typically winner doesn't matter with this award, but I do think if all things are created equal, Marcus, that maybe should be a tiebreaker, right? Like doing it for a good team versus yeah. doing it for a, for a bad team. Uh, and I also think it's, it's really good, especially for the discourse we have and how we view players that guys start getting credit for being so great defensively. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like we we can talk about we we can see K take over a game and we can see the evidence, but man, there's something special about the way Scotty Barnes makes dudes not want to go against them. You know, what I'm saying? and, and the like, way and the way Evan that, Mobley cleans up so much. Yeah, right? the way like, like Mobley's just like, I mean, these dudes are they're they're making winning plays on defense, like in in high stakes situation, right? In high leverage moments. Like, that's not nothing. That, and, you know, as a basketball community, I think we are better for the for recognizing that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, Mobley will have 11 points, and it won't even come close to showing you what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Because Darius Garland can't guard anybody. <laughs> right? But Are you telling me the, the combination of Darius Garland and Chetty Osman <laughs> can't defend? Uh, they look a whole lot better. With the window cleaner, back <laughs> they there, sure do. Right? Yeah, with somebody they can count yeah. on, right? Like, and that to me, that's 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 huge. And like Scotty Barnes is like, you don't see rookies say, "All right, you got LeBron," right? Right. You got, yeah. <laughs> and it's a problem. Yeah. Like, it's a problem. Not like, all right, man, do your best. Hang on. Yeah. They're not Good like Jeff Van there, Gundy hanging like, onto yeah. the leg, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, nah, yeah, yo, it's a problem. You gotta like have a good game plan against Scotty Barnes. To me, that is. That is also special, and I'm glad I'm. I would not be opposed at all, and I'm glad we're talking about that stuff because that's that's hoop, man. That's basketball. Like that's the stuff we should be talking. For about For once, right we there. can say he's different because he's a rookie who plays defense. For once, that internet patois actually means something. All right, speaking of good defenders, take four. Oh no, Time Lord has no mercy. The Boston Celtics say center Time Lord, aka Robert Williams III, is expected to miss four to six weeks after undergoing surgery to repair repair torn cartilage 
in his left knee. Williams, a staunch defender, impossible defensive player of the year candidate, was averaging 10 points, 9.6 rebounds, and just over two blocks a season. The loss of Williams comes as Boston is making a push for the top playoff seed in the East. Celtics have won 24 of the last 29 games and are a game behind first place Miami as of this recording. Two teams play each other last night, and what a game it was, guys. Oh, my God. Can you believe, you know, Jimmy did the thing, and then uh, then Tatum did the thing, and, you know, Marcus Smart was there, and, uh, you know, Max Struess was loose, guys, or maybe he wasn't. I don't know because we're recording this, you know, midday on Wednesday, but many had Boston as a final sleeper prior to the injury. Now, I'm not so sure about that with Williams. Boston's starting five features Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford had posted a plus 24.6 net rating in 21-22, the league's best. Jared, how far of a run can the Celtics make in the postseason without Williams? And if if he does come back in the second round, do you expect him to be effective? Mildly effective, I guess. Uh, they, They should be able to get to the second round. They should be able to stay around long enough to actually get him back. And that the fact that he had the partial meniscectomy or have you say it, uh, that's huge because he could be back basically by the start of the second round. And that way you can go into the series with the game plan you want. They need him. Uh, what's funny is they traded for Daniel Tice midseason and everybody was saying, oh, it's a smart trade because you want to pay Dan- you want to take on Daniel Tice's salary because you never know if Al Horford or Rob Williams is going to get hurt. It seemed like a pretty excessive reason to get a guy that's making like seven million to be your third string center. And it was right. It was actually a really, a really yeah. smart trade. Uh, and so Tice, you know, he, he's not nearly as good as Rob, but like he could do a lot of the same kind of stuff. He's a similar style of player. He just does it like five feet closer to, to the floor. So they can pretty much continue to play the style of defense that they usually play. It's just like they're not going to be as good. And then when they get to the second round and they're facing probably one of like Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Milwaukee maybe Brooklyn. Yeah. If they're so like those teams are so damn good that like I just can't imagine them beating those teams without Time Lord at like 90 percent. And I mean, what's good is when you have these partial knee uh, meniscus repairs, usually people can start like usually they walk out of the surgery or at least they like, walk out the next day. That's pretty common. You can start getting to full activity in a couple of weeks and then you're usually good to go within four weeks, five weeks. So he, he might look pretty fine and just be really rusty and out of conditioning at that point. Is this a worry though, real quick before we get to Marcus, is this a worry about him long-term though? Because this is a very short-sighted, you know, procedure to have. And, and typically this stuff, I feel like long-term does not benefit the player. Uh, I mean, if it's a partial tear, then you kind of like that's the normal partial tear procedure is you just kind of cut out the part where the tear is and it reheals itself. You don't have to do a full suture everything back together kind of thing. So I assume this isn't like a temporary stay and then they're going to do the full surgery later, because if they did the full surgery later, he would miss the entirety of next season when the Celtics might even be better next season because it can hold the four together. A lot of their young guys are going to get better. So I don't think they would do it that way. So I I don't think that they're compromising his long-term health because he's had so many health issues. And you have a player mm-hmm. that with how much he's improved this year, he's on one of the best contracts in the league. He's only making like 12 million and he might, he's an offensive player of the year candidate. who's also pretty effective on offense. Like that's pretty incredible value. So you don't, you don't want to risk that for a outside shot of winning the title. 
Now, Marcus, you were asleep on the Bucks earlier in the show because you're just so excited and you're rooting for the Boston Celtics, as you mentioned. Uh, Jade, play the tape unless that's not exactly what he said, and then don't play the tape. Uh, Marcus, how do you feel about the Celtics after this Robert Williams the third injury? Oh, they're done. Now. Wow. That's it. wow. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. The disrespect. You think nah, you know what, didn't to... stole the ball for this? <laughs> <laughs> Man, if only they had Bob Cousy oh right now. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, work on their rebounding so, drills by having them shoot. <laughs> just want to remind everybody he was 10 and 17 real. in the playoffs until Bill Russell joined the team, and then he became a champion. Just want to remind everybody of that, okay? Not a big deal. Marcus, I'm sorry. Go ahead with your point. Holy Cross Finals. Let's go, man. Stop hating. <laughs> it's like him and Bill Simmons. Uh, you know what? Here, here's where I think they'll be. Well, here's one way they won't be fine. They might get Brooklyn in the first round. Yeah, yep. that could that's, be rough, right? <laughs> that. That's gonna that's gonna suck. But if somehow they avoid that, I do think the way that they've committed on the perimeter, uh, it, it feels like that's just how they play now, right? It feels like they bought into that, and that's even if you don't have like you know Williams back there, who it kind of really blossomed as this elite, elite, elite help defender. Even if you don't have that, you're still better for how you're playing. You still got Jason. You still got Jalen. You still got Smart, right? You got like three or four guys, you know, uh, Neesmith. Like you got guys you can throw at guys. So I feel like as long as they compete on the wings, they're still better than most defenses. They just won't be the astronomically best defense in the right. league, right? They just, yeah. <laughs> they just, just won't be holding the best defense in the league, right? Points, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. They'll just be a really good defense. <laughs> so, and if 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 so, which means they'll be in games, right? They'll be in games, and at that point, it's like, yo, Tatum, Jalen, bring bring it home. I feel like, yes, it will hurt, but the way they've locked in, just on the wings, especially the way those dudes lock in. I think that'll benefit him in the playoffs. Uh, and I don't see that changing because Williams went out. Maybe this final stretch will give Jason Tatum an extra push for MVP. Speaking of, take five. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. The last straw. Oh. ESPN's Tim Bontemps conducted his annual MVP straw poll, and the results were released this week, and they were staggering. The outcome even shook the books in Vegas. Jay, play the tape. I voted for Joel Embiid in our straw poll, and the reason those odds changed is because of our straw poll. Vegas knows how important that straw poll is. 
if you didn't have your vote, if you didn't have your bet in on, on Jokic before that straw poll came out, you got bad, you got bad uh, price today. ESPN and Bond Temps asked 100 media members to participate in an informal poll that mimics the postseason awards voting. Weird as a voter for the awards and the real stuff, I didn't get asked. Spoiler alert. Good Lord, Tim, save it for later. Anyway, the straw poll is often a pretty good indication of where the MVP voting currently stands at the time. And in the latest installment, Nikola Jokic shook up the order. According to the results, it's a three-horse race between Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. By the way, Friday on The Athletic, check out updated MVP and awards rankings from yours truly. Jokic finished ahead of the pack with 62 first-place votes and a total of 860 voting points total, followed by Embiid, who had 29 first place and 719 total points, and Giannis with nine first place votes and 593 total points. Marcus, did the straw voters get this right? Also, where's Devin Booker in this, huh? Yeah, that's why they didn't get it right. Down to seven. I'm going right to tell you right Friday. I'm part of the straw poll. Oh, must I've be been nice. part of straw poll the Holy whole season. Shit, must be nice. And you know wow. who I put on my ballot every mm. time, Jared? Devin mm. Booker. I just remember the days where being the best player on the best team automatically got you a certain number of votes. But at some point, I guess we stopped that. I guess winning the most games in the league doesn't matter. I guess being the best player on the best team is kind of irrelevant now. I He's guess if you're a six feet and it looks sexy, now you're the MVP favorite, mm. right? I guess if you're struggling to stay out of the play in, but my goodness, you got great mm. numbers, that's more valuable KD. to being the best player on the best team in the KD. game. This is disrespectful, and they got it wrong. It, Jared? You're making a good argument that we should have a most outstanding player award kind of like uh like the way the nfl does like the offensive player of the year thing just so we can recognize stuff like that because i mean Jokic's case is just like the team is garbage around him and he's holding up that team afloat because ironically his numbers aren't as good as they were last season when he won it um but i think it just you balance that with the fact that like his assist numbers i think are down but also look who he's kicking it to so you know that i'd like i I like the way Embiid's playing a little bit better, but I, I'm pretty comfortable with the argument that just like the guy is keeping this roster in the playoffs, which is pretty unbelievable. I, what about Giannis? That's Giannis with that say. big like, block on Embiid. I mean, that was that was a hell of a performance, Jared. Giannis, Giannis is putting a pretty compelling case together. I just like I, I think we're going back to the rookie of the year thing. It's a totality of the season thing. You don't want to get too fixated on the end of the year, although it does matter a little bit more because people are paying attention to the standings a little bit more. The wins are a little bit harder to get. Uh, but like Embiid and Jokic, I think have just been carrying their teams above expectation a little bit longer than Giannis has been doing. I would say this though, Giannis to start the season, you know, Brooke was out. Middleton, I think was in health and safety protocols for a bit. Drew missed some time. Like, you know, for, for a minute, it was just Giannis, Bobby Portis and and Marcus's favorite Grayson Allen. Like that was it for a minute, but maybe not quite as long as what those other guys have endured. But people just don't like Milwaukee. The Bucks well, you've you've been asleep on like, like you don't even remember they won the championship. Nah, nah. You were so pro Suns <laughs> nah. that you've just blocked it out of your out of your head. I remember what I remember what Giannis did to them in game six. I do remember that. <laughs> I do yeah. remember that. I just don't think people like the Bucks. It's weird. I, Giannis has been incredible. And you know what? I, I was one of the people who were like, don't give this dude another postseason award until, he, <laughs> until he shows up. That is not how the regular season and you works. you know what? 
And you know what? He showed up. So all that's got to be out. Like, we got to just mm-hmm. recognize how great Yannis And with that said, did, you said, you know? don't, still don't give it to him. Give it to Devin Booker. No, give it to, <laughs> <laughs> give it to him. I just, man, Devin Booker needs to be in this You know what I'm mad about? Thing. Here, I'm going to rant for a second. All these talks about Defensive Player of the Year. Don't bleep this. Where the fuck is Mikael Bridges in all this? That's the best defender in the league because Draymond missed so much time. I'll say it. He, no one navigates screens the way he does. No one takes the opposing score the way he does. That dude is completely integral to what they do in Phoenix. By the way, Mark is the best team in the huge. league. Huge. huge, huge. But hey, you know, Rudy. <laughs> dude, no way, no way in hell you could give it to Rudy Gobert with the just like because people will look, fixate man. on the numbers and like where's the defensive rating and stuff like that. Look at what we're talking about with this Jazz team. They, they keep collapsing. They, they, they're they hating each other right now. You can't give an award to a player on a team where things are just completely crumbling. That's why, like, LeBron, Wait. with everything he's been putting up, like, nobody has him anywhere near the MVP right now. The Remember, with like, now that the All-NBA, the NBA is like, oh, we don't know what to do here. You can make Embiid or Jokic a forward, right? Like, which is so just such a cop-out. Like, no, just make it positionless or or stick to the strict positions yeah, right don't, like don't, every don't, other yeah, position though you gotta exactly. be exactly can right? i put like, chris paul as a center is that a, is that an option can i do that or no are we just not gonna fully expand this make-believe thing here uh mike vorkanov had a great piece on the athletic about this and i'm curious with with all this stuff like let's say that Embiid and Jokic do end up as first and second team centers you know what's really gonna piss the analytics community off and what's really gonna piss jazz fans off Start making that argument about Carl Anthony Towns as third team center versus someone like uh, Rudy Gobert. That's going to be tough, Marcus. It will be fair. <laughs> it will be righteous, right? It'll be like, correct. Uh, I mean, look, I get it. The dude's a good defender, but this, 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 uh, this, I, I don't, I can't, man. I, I can't keep doing this, man. Like, this is. It's crazy. Like I watched teams take advantage of him. Like, oh, it's not his fault though. Not taking, but it's not his fault. You're not taking advantage of Mikael Bridges. Mm. It's not. You're not taking advantage right? of Marcus Smart. You're not, yeah, you're not taking it. Like you, you don't. Bam out of bio. You know, you just, exactly right. Like, come on, you could. All right, bam, get out here. He like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Time Lord, get out here. All right, <laughs> what you want to do? Like the, the but you know. I don't know what it is about our community that we just get enamored with one guy like that, but there's no Mikael Bridges to be his defensive player of the year. Like that Booker's not going to get MVP. Uh, Monty Williams is not going to get coach of the year. What is he Mikhail not? Bridges is not going to get uh, watch it. Go give it to somebody. Else. Taylor what, Jenkins. You know, coach of the year <laughs> is like the rough and tumble. Like who did yeah. the most with like, I mean, I do think like Ty, Ty Lue probably, Tyloo's been it, incredible. Yeah. Tyloo probably deserves uh, that thing. Uh, Cavaliers coach, Jimmy Bickerstaff, Emei Bickerstaff, right? You know, Emei yeah. Udoka. People have done great jobs, so it, you know. But the idea that they are going to win—they were over sixty games, far and away the best team in the conference, and it'll be because campaign was really good <laughs> and cam johnson was really, not because any of these great players in the to me but, that's just before wild. we go jared did peyton pritchard dropping 92 points in a pro-am ruin his career i mean we'll see what happens when he drops 92 in an nba game but that's true it, <laughs> you know what that's fair i mean that, like this is the thing with the boston fan base these guys can do anything outside of the game and the fans will hype them up like crazy i remember aaron newsmith had like half a good game 
in summer league and there was talk about he had a good starting. practice he had a good practice where he shot the ball they're like look out jay king's like here comes here comes uh ricky pierce here comes dale ellis like watch out ricky pierce. You know, remember when dwight howard said that he shot like 90 percent from the free throw line in practice yeah. like come on, it's yeah. the, the, the difference is astronomical <laughs> these can barely get on the floor uh that's you know, Pritchard was, I think that was definitely an issue for him for a while. But I mean, the dude's shooting well now, so he's he's fine. Uh, but like he has to shoot 42% for three if he's going to be out there in the playoffs. That's going to do it for this week's Point of Contention. Don't forget, subscribe to all the shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. No dunks. What did I miss with Michelle Beadle? Warriors plus minus. Anything is potable. Down to dunk. Glue guys. Sixers beat. Forum club. Game notes and everything else for Jared Weiss, for Marcus Thompson, for Jade Hoy. I'm Zach Harper. See you next time and subscribe to The Athletic for the playoffs. Beautiful.